Hello, everybody. This is your host, Sophia Nelson, and welcome to E Pluribus Cast. Today is October 21, 2019. It's Monday, and you know that when it's Monday, we do something called Motivation Monday here on E Pluribus Cast. A lot has happened in the past week over the weekend. Uh, thank you to everyone that has tagged me on social media. Uh, thank you for the follows. Thank you for the feedback. Uh, yes, I am over at CNN now um, as a commentator and uh, hopefully uh, soon a contributor. And um, we are uh, really excited on my team about uh, the end of this year coming and the start of a New decade, 2020 is coming. Uh, you know, that dawned on me um, recently. I think I mentioned this before that, uh, you know, we've been in these 2000s now for 19 years. And um, it's a little bit confusing, right? Because if you're my age or older or someone that, you know, was born in the, the 19 whatever and you grew up in the 1980s or the 1990s, 1970s, uh, it was a big switch when all of a sudden you woke up and the calendar said 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003. So now we're going to be in 2020. That's uh, pretty unbelievable. And thankful for uh, waking up this morning, as I hope you are. Thankful for the blessings in my life, as I hope you are. So on Mondays, as you know, I like to wax inspirational. And God knows we need that now in our country. And it occurred to me this weekend as I watched some of the tweets about Representative Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard and uh, the things that the president was saying and doing on Twitter and just the absolutely degenerate dialogue on social media. And I've talked about this before, but I want to go somewhere with this. You know, we are in an age now of what I call the age of smear. And I want to encourage all of us today to really think about I've said this before, if you haven't listened to the podcast on how to protect your social media and protect yourself during these impeachment hearings, because I see a lot of friendships coming to an end on social media. I know there are a few people that I don't think I like anymore, and that's sad, and it has everything to do with politics, it has everything to do with Donald Trump, it has everything to do with how I feel about where this country's headed, and people who I thought were people of morals and integrity People I respected and admired now defending things that don't line up with their values can be difficult. And I want to encourage all of us to really stop during this time where it is so easy to smear somebody, to make an attack. You know, whatever you think about Congresswoman Gabbard, I don't know her well. I haven't followed her campaign. I've seen her on the debate stage, as have all of you. Whatever you think about her... She's worn the uniform of this country. Uh, she is a decorated army officer. Um, she is a United States Congresswoman. And until somebody shows me proof that she has flipped to become a Russian asset or she is in somehow tethered to the Russians, etc., I think that's a smear. I think that her statements have been inconsistent. I think that uh, all of us as Americans should be clear and definitive when asked about allegiances to our country, when asked about uh, whether or not we think the Russians meddling in our elections is okay, and the president has has been equivocal, not unequivocal on that point, and it's been a problem for the intelligence agencies, for the FBI, etc. It's been a problem for us as Americans. Um, 
We're in a weird place. And again, this podcast is dedicated to everything America, American politics, American culture, American history, American music, baseball, baseball's in the air. Go Nats. Uh, I think the first game of the World Series starts on Tuesday. Uh, Of course, I'm rooting for the Nats. Uh, Congrats to the Houston Astros for making the series. I know all you Yankees fans are brokenhearted. Uh, I love the Yanks as well um, and uh, was certainly pulling for them. But uh, it's going to be a good series, and it's a great time for Washington on the sports front, uh, given that the Redskins aren't doing so great. So uh, thank you to the listeners who listen to us all over the world. And... uh, Again, I think we're live in like 13 countries now. Uh, The great thing I love about the Anchor podcast platform is that it gives you great analytics. We're on every single platform where you can listen, whether it's Apple, Spotify, uh, and all the other places where you can listen to podcasts. And uh, I really love it. This has been a good experience. Uh, We're going to be, I think this is our 19th episode. Maybe it's our 20th episode. I need to look at that. But thank you again for those of you who have been listening. Um, Thank you. A special shout out to Professor Eddie Glaude Jr. of Princeton University. The podcast that we did with him last week was very popular. It was in our top five podcasts to date. And people are still listening. Uh, If you don't know who Eddie is, you need to be following him on social media, on Twitter, uh, on MSNBC, where he's a commentator there and a contributor. He does a great job. He is a very uh, astute gentleman in all things culture, uh, race in America, and how that all works. And uh, he's the chairman of the African American Studies Department at Princeton University. And he just had a really good, candid dialogue with me about where we are in this country on our politics on division, on race and race relations. And I want to particularly encourage my listeners who are not of color to listen to that whole podcast and then go back and listen to the 1619 podcast that I did. And then go back and listen to the podcast with Bishop Talbert Swan of Massachusetts, uh, who, like Eddie, is someone who's very prolific in these issues on culture, faith, race in America, and the dynamics. And I'm going to invite uh, certainly some uh, white evangelical pastors on and people who are supporters of the president because I want to talk to them. And I want to always encourage dialogue. I want to always encourage us to hear each other out even when we don't agree. And uh, that, I think, is what this country is all about. So today I want to talk with you about the art of the smear. You know, Uh, There's a book, The Art of the Deal, that President Trump wrote uh, through his ghostwriter, and um, I think it was Tony Schwartz, and um, it's what he's famous for. You know, he's he's a deal maker, he's a dealer. But what I realize now is that we're in an age where we just attack people. We put out vile stories about them. We put out misinformation about them. We don't care who gets hurt. We send it in a tweet. We send it on a Facebook post. We put it on YouTube. All of these platforms have become problematic. And I want to talk a little bit about today free speech and the art of the smear. I'm going to write a piece on this as well. But this has been bothering me because, you know, I've thought about running for office my entire life. I honestly think I was born thinking about serving and and getting into public life, uh, you know, I'm a big reader. Um, If you were in my library right now in my office, you would see books that range from 
books about John F. Kennedy to Colin Powell to Margaret Thatcher to Harry Truman to Ed Meese to Bill Clinton. I've got, you know, Bill Bennett's The Book of Virtues, Our Sacred Honor, you know, Bob Woodward books. I I read everything, Steve Forbes, anything I can get my hands on that's about history, that's about politics and service. I love it. I had a chance to go up to the Margaret Chase Smith Library earlier this year. She was a famous Republican senator. Her declaration of conscience is something God knows we need right now here in our politics, but big fan of Margaret Chase Smith. Uh, and uh, someone who stood up against McCarthyism and, and smears against people. And I think we need some more of that in our public life today. And as I've thought about running for office, um, and I did uh, once when I was very young up in my home state of New Jersey. I grew up actually in southern New Jersey. My father was in the military. I was born in Munich, Germany. And then we went back to where he grew up in, in South Jersey. And that's where I was raised primarily. And uh, I always thought that would be my home, interestingly enough. And I had the opportunity. Christy Todd Whitman was then the first female governor of the state. I had a chance to work for her right out of law school uh, and run for county office in a three to one Democrat county. Um, I got 48, almost 49 percent of the vote at 27 years of age. It was always my intention to run for a congressional seat there uh, two years after running for that county uh, seat as a freeholder. I got my party's nomination as a young black female Republican to run against then Congressman Rob Andrews in the first congressional district where I grew up. And after winning my primary had to drop out due to health reasons. Um, And it always intended to go back, but never did. Uh, Moved back to Virginia, worked on the Hill as a committee counsel and, uh, you know, never looked back. So Virginia has been my home now for most of my life. I've been a Virginia resident on and off now, all through law school. So in my early uh, 20s, uh, then, like I said, I went home for a couple years to New Jersey and then moved back when I was in my late 20s and have been here ever since. So Virginia's my home and um, Virginia's changed a lot over the last uh, 20 years. It used to be a reliably red Republican state. It is now it's not purple as it was when Obama was president. It's blue. And um I really have thought about running for office. I know that I will, but I have to tell you, every time I see what goes on in politics, you know, I opened up my mail today and I wish that I could, I wish I had a video to show you what came into my mailbox today uh, here in Virginia. Uh, Of course, I'm a registered Republican. Virginia doesn't really go by party ID, but you use ballots. And I got a number of mailers and they disgusted me, both the Dem and the Republicans alike. It was nothing but smears. Nobody was telling me what they were for. Nobody was telling me what they were going to do to make the roads better, to make the schools better, or or to lower taxes, or to, uh, you know, help health care. None of that. Guns, nothing. Everything was about how bad my opponent is, how rogue they are, how much money they take from special interests, and that's why you should hate them and not vote for them. And that's where we are, folks. We are not living up to our founder's idea of what America was supposed to be about, what she should stand for. Uh, Our members of Congress and senators, they're entrenched. They're there too long. God knows we need term limits. And if I ever run for office, that's one of my major things I'm going to run on. I don't think any U.S. senator should serve more than two terms, 12 years, and a member of Congress shouldn't serve more than 10 years or five terms at two years each. And then you move on and give somebody else fresh a chance. 
the Thomas Jefferson, who of course you all know is one of my favorite presidents. Uh, I just love the Declaration of Independence. I can read it again and again and again. To me, that's exciting stuff. And you know, Jefferson said that the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time, and he's absolutely right about that. And and you know, some say that uh, that's not possible in our time. Well, I disagree. I think that we have not safeguarded this republic. And what's happened now is that people have now figured out that there is a formula to how to win. You get a lot of money, you line up with special interests, you crush your opponent with negative ads and negative advertising, you you outspend them 20 to one, uh, and there you have it. I think we need public financing of campaigns. I think we need to put the power of politics back in the hands of we the people. And so this Monday motivation, I just a few thoughts on the art of the smear on free speech. You know, folks, free speech is one of the most fundamental underpinnings of our constitutional republic. It is right up there with religious liberty, with the right to keep and bear arms, with the right to assemble, the right to protest, fundamental, sacred uh, values that the founders understood that when King George was running things in the colonies, they didn't have. And they wanted us to have them because liberty endures, freedom endures. And I am a big believer in the First Amendment and free speech, but free speech doesn't mean that you can be hateful, that you can terrorize other people, that you can lie on other people. You know, there's this big debate going on right now between Elizabeth Warren and Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg about uh, the content of that. Zuckerberg argues that if the ads are false, uh, let people figure that out for themselves. Well, how do you figure out if something's false if it's being given a platform, right? And there are always people who are going to believe and Elizabeth Warren is saying no and, and Joe Biden's saying no. There has to be truth in the content. But then people feel like that's messing with the First Amendment. And, you know, it's just like the old adage, you know, if right now every Martin Luther King birthday here in Virginia in Leesburg uh, the Klan and those who are aligned with white supremacy, and I will assume that not a large group, but they're big enough that they drop flyers around and they let their presence be known every year about how they feel about Dr. King and uh, racial integration, diversity, etc. And those people still exist. That's their right. They have the right to put out propaganda materials, etc. That's what we built our country on. But I think that we're going to have to take a step back because as I look at the data for our young people, you know, I was reading a very disturbing report on NBC News about the rates of suicide and depression for teenagers. Record high. Never in the history of this country have we ever seen anything like this. Ages 10 to 24 is the range they looked at. 10 to 24. There have been a number of suicides of young kids here in Northern Virginia. There have been a number of them throughout this D.C. metro area and around the country. And it's the social media is what most of the experts believe. They're overwhelmed with information. There's bullying. There's menacing online, on Snapchat, Instagram, whatever. Uh, Everything's on a video. Everything's on a text. They ghost. They've learned some really bad habits. And folks, you know, we like to talk bad about them, but we need to look at ourselves because what are we as aunts and uncles and mothers and fathers and grandparents taught to this generation about the responsibility that comes when you have freedom of speech. 
And as you watch the debates and as we get into the primaries that are coming up in Iowa, et cetera, in January, it's going to get a lot worse. And I think we have to begin to ask ourselves, who are we? And what are we doing to this great beacon of light that America used to be? We now break our word to our allies. We've left the Kurds and abandoned them to a devilish leader in Erdogan in Turkey and Assad in Syria. Our troops are now being moved to have to deal with the resurgence of ISIS on the border and into Iraq. I have someone uh, that I care about deeply who's serving right now in uniform over in that region. And I pray for him every day and I worry about him every day. And um, it's a frightening thing to think about where we are. And so as I do every Monday, I want to encourage you to understand that you have power as a citizen of this great country. You have the power of the vote. Make sure that if your state has elections uh, this November that you vote, that you take other people to vote. Try to take the day off if you can, hand out leaflets, go door to door, help the elderly, help people to exercise their right to vote. Get involved in the campaigns. Uh, pick the candidate of your choice, whether that's on the Republican side or the Democrat side, and get involved. Uh, run for office. Reach out to your elected leaders. Let your voice be heard. Let people know when you are supportive or not. But folks, we are going to have to do better in this next decade with safeguarding this great republic, or we will not have it. I've said this consistently from my very first podcast where we launched, which was a call to arms. And I'm telling you today that freedom of speech never means that we get to smear people. And again, as I've thought about running for office, I've sat down with my team and I find myself thinking, why would you do this to yourself? You have a good life. You do well. Uh, you're on the ascent in your career in every way. You're making more money than you've ever made. Why on earth would you want to subject yourself to the hell, the attacks, the smears that are inevitable from your opponents or some secret group or somebody that starts to dig in your back? Right now, I, I got to admit, I got a pretty boring, uneventful life. But like most people, I have things in my life that would embarrass me if they came out. Uh, no drug use, no alcoholism, no sexual escapades, nothing like that. But we all have made mistakes. We all did dumb things when we were young. We all had instances in our life where maybe we didn't do what we should have done. Um, but the good news is you learn, right? You grow, you become a full grown human being and you do better. At least I hope so. But that's not the way it plays when somebody gets a hold of something from your past or something from your family's past, or somebody decides that your position on something isn't just your position, it's un-American, it's unacceptable, and therefore we must make you into a demon, a devil, and we must demonize you and tell people to be afraid of you and that you're out to hurt them, you know, run their grandmother off a cliff in her wheelchair. This is where we are, and I'm telling you it's not a good place. So I want to encourage you as I try to encourage myself to really sit down with your kids, your nieces, your nephews, talk to your colleagues at work and be a kind person. My message to you today, use your free speech. 
Use the liberty that you've been given by God when he woke you up this morning and by the founding fathers through the power of our documents, the independence uh, declaration and the constitution and use it for good. If you're going to disagree, disagree agreeably. Uh, I was in the store, uh, two instances I want to share with you that really bothered me. Um, I was getting my makeup done at the Mac counter uh, two weeks ago now. I had an event. I was mistress of ceremonies for the jazz festival and I was getting my makeup done and talking to a young Latina woman uh, from Guatemala who was doing my makeup, beautiful young lady. She's pregnant. So we're talking about, you know, the baby coming and, you know, we began to talk about, you know, she's seen me on television. She wanted to talk about politics and what I thought about the immigration policies, et cetera. And we talked and she shared a story about a woman uh, who worked at the Estee Lauder counter behind me. Uh, you know, if you've been to the Mac counter, it's in the middle of a mall and it's always near the other makeup and, you know, um, body sprays and perfumes, etc. And she told the story of this woman who's Iranian and a white woman had come in and wanted some uh, samples. You remember back in the day when you could go up to any counter and they'd give you all the cute little samples and you could test out the perfumes. Well, a lot of the big retailers have gotten away from that now because it's a cost. So the woman said to the lady, oh, no, ma'am, we don't have those anymore. And I hate that, too, because if I had them, I'd give them to you. And this woman began to verbally assault this woman in front of everybody. People, of course, whipping out their cameras. Somebody had called security because the woman was being so offensive. And she told this Iranian woman who was middle aged to go back to her country. Well, the woman was born in this country. Her parents came here as diplomats and she was raised here. This is her country as much as it's mine or yours. And then when I was in the grocery store yesterday, and I heard this story and I've, I've heard these stories, I've seen them online, where people are being attacked for their race, their gender, their sexual orientation, and uh, it's caught on video and somebody goes into some screed, terrible, go back to your country, this is not your America, it's mine. Folks, that's just wrong. This is a country of immigrants. It always has been and it always will be. It was formed by Europeans and Africans and natives who were here before everybody. Let's just be honest about that. Go back and listen to that 1619 podcast. It's going to bless you. Uh, it's our most popular. It had thousands of listens, tens of thousands of listens. And yesterday in the grocery store, I saw something very similar. The young man who was a clerk was, a, I, I would say he was probably Pakistani or maybe Indian from India. And he dropped the lady's basket by accident. He picked it up. He apologized, said, let me go get you these items again because they touched the floor. Very respectful. She goes on the same rant, blah, 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 cursing at the boy. The boy's a high school boy. And tell him to go back to his country. Of course, the managers got involved. Security was called. And I'm thinking to myself, is this where we are? And what has happened to us? Because I didn't see people do this 10 years ago. And I didn't see people do this 20 years ago or 30 years ago. I'm 50. I didn't see this happen when I was even a kid growing up, when we were definitely in a different place than we are now. What has happened to our civility and our decency? and our respect for differences and our respect for our great democratic republic. I don't know, but I wanna encourage you, if you see that crap, like I did say something, uh, defend a person who's being attacked unkindly or unfairly, be a proud American, stand up for the ideals and the values of America. Uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal 
and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Folks, that's Thomas Jefferson. Unalienable rights. It means God-given rights that no man can take from you or limit or make you feel less than. That's who we are. We are not a screed country. We are not a a, a angry racist country, a hateful country, a, 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 a murderous country like the rest of the world sees us. We can do better. I know we can, but we've got to summon those better angels and we have to use this free speech for good and for uplifting and for pouring into and empowering and inspiring the next generation to want to serve. Because when I think about running, I talk myself out of it every time and I know I'd be good at it. I know I would be. It's been in my heart and my soul forever. But like most thinking rational people, I have to count the cost. What what thing is somebody gonna do? What are they gonna do to members of my family? What things will my nieces have to hear uh, that aren't true? What things will my mother and the people I love have to hear and be subject to because somebody wants to to smear me. You know what I mean? Think about how many people that we don't get to see serve in office who we know would be great because they simply don't want to put up with the nonsense and the drama and the smears. It is costly financially, but it is costly emotionally to run for political office. And that should not be the case. That is not what the founders wanted for America. That's not what they wanted for us. So I'm going to end on that note and just on this Motivation Monday, encourage you to be positive with your speech, to yes, use it, speak up for what you believe in, but do you have to call people names? Do you have to insult people? Do you have to use expletives? Is that really necessary? Can't you get your point across without any of that? I think you can. And I want to encourage all of us, including me, to do better. And uh, just remember that those are human beings on the other side of that tweet of that post, that political commercial, that mailer that you sent to somebody's house. Uh, we're people at the end of the day. We're human. We, we're, 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 we all breathe the same air, quoting President Kennedy. And at the end of the day, we all have the same fate. We all will perish this earth, and we're either going to leave it better than we found it or worse than we found it. But leave it, we shall. So let us begin and let us do better As we head into this new decade, I'm not kumbaya. I'm calling on you to honor your civic duty to not engage your free speech in speech that hurts, demeans, ruins, smears. Let me tell you something. Once somebody puts a story on the internet about you that's false, once somebody puts revenge porn out there on you, young ladies and young men, you thought you could trust that person and you thought you could take videos and nobody would ever see them. Ask Pastor David E. Wilson of Texarkana what happened to him over the past week and as he was trending on Twitter worldwide for a sex tape that was leaked out. A pastor, a man of God, 30 plus years, respected family man, uh, fell off, got involved with some young lady who was taking a video he clearly was aware and she decided to put it on social media. And it was graphic and it was awful. And that man's reputation will never be recovered because what people will always talk about is that video that they saw, that 
millions upon millions of people around the globe saw. And they didn't know who he was. We're all one tweet away, one episode away, one ugly move away from destruction. Free speech does not mean flagrant, destructive, ugly, hateful speech. It doesn't mean I have the right to ruin you. It doesn't mean I have the right to smear you. Ask Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Look at the video of her. Looks like she's just about to break down sobbing, weeping, because they've been attacked. They've been vilified. They've talked about the girl's race. They've talked about their little baby, Archie. It's disgusting. We're we're vicious now. We're in a culture of vicious, and it needs to change. So I'm asking you and me to start with us, teach our kids to do better, Teach our nieces and nephews to do better. Teach them that there's better. And the better is other people, other human beings. They matter. They count. You wouldn't want to be treated that way. I wouldn't want to be treated that way. So that's my Monday motivation. Use your words to be kind. Use your free speech to lift. Use your free speech to build up this republic. Use your free speech to help the elderly, to help the sick, to help the poor, to help the disenfranchised. Be a force for good because what I know is what you know is that we will all die. End of story. So there you have it. You guys have a blessed day. Have a blessed week. We'll be back with a guest at the end of the week or the weekend. Very excited. Have some great ones coming up for you. Uh, follow us on social media at I am Sophia Nelson and at E Cast. Everywhere on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. God bless you and keep you now. Use your free speech for good.